0: It's important that we um, understand or appreciate the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Often we have misconceptions about what the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, and, and what the work of the Holy Spirit um, does in our life. And it's important that we, we see this, well, we want to see the total picture of how that the Holy Spirit has come to be among us, to impart, to to bestow the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit in our lives, to help the fruits grow within us, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, meekness, kindness, long-suffering. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. And those are the, 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 the things that God helps us to grow. Fruits grow in our lives. And then there are gifts of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit bestows them upon us, and he divides severally as he wills to each individual to help us in our work of service to God. And so it is important that we see that the Holy Spirit is a person, third person of the Trinity, that he is someone who can be grieved by pushing him aside. It is, uh, he is someone that is there to help us, a very present help in time of trouble, and that whenever we think of the word of God, the scriptures, that the word of God is alive and active. It's quick and powerful and sharper than a, a sword that has two edges on it. So we find that it is the Holy Spirit then that helps us understand what the word is. Understand how to interpret and how to apply that word to our lives. Because if we don't have an application of the word, it's, it's you know... It's powerless. And I think of the illustration we used um, last week that in our homes, if our homes were disconnected from the electricity, what would our home be like? <laughs> if your house didn't have any electricity, what would it be like? Cold? <laughs> Dark? You can't eat unless you build a fire in the middle of the room? <laughs> you know? What's that? Get a cook stove. That's right. You got to get a cook stove. You got to haul in the wood. You got to. But without electricity, what would our homes be like? So, what is our what is a Christian life like without the Holy Spirit? <laughs> it's just a shell. It's just a shell of what we have and what it is intended for. And as we see the Holy Spirit working in our lives, we see that there is a lot of things going on in our homes and in our lives that we would take for granted. We take for granted because we're connected to the electricity. We're connected to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, he is wanting to fill us to overflowing with his presence that will give us an understanding of where we're at, where we're going, and that God has it all in control. God is in control. And, you know, what do we have to do to get out of sync with God is to be disobedient, to be rebellious, to, be def- uh, to think the wrong thoughts, you know, l- hatred, bitterness, envy, strife. Those are not giftings of the Spirit. They are giftings. <laughs> They're not even giftings. They're part of our human nature or our fallen nature. But the Holy Spirit is that He that works within our lives to bring us to an understanding of Jesus Christ. He's the one who gives us an understanding of the Word of God He's the one who helps us interpret the word. You see, when the authors, when the people wrote this, that it wasn't by the will of man, but by the will of God, and the Holy Spirit inspired them. And we think of the scriptures as being written not as a verbatim dictation. See, sometimes people think that, you know, um, that the scriptures were dictated by God, and these individuals who wrote them wrote them as scribes. We don't, I don't, we don't believe that. We believe that the Holy Spirit inspired them to write. And God used their vocabulary, used their writing skills to portray and to, dic- to give to them ideas of what's going on. If you look at the, um, the scriptures and look at different books of the Bible, Isaiah is probably the most literary of all of the writers. Because of his education and so on, he uses more words. He has a greater vocabulary than, say, uh, other judges or other individuals in the scripture. So they wrote, and God inspired, but he didn't. It'd be like me saying, you know, I've I stayed at the Holiday Inn last night, and I can do brain surgery. <laughs> Uh, You know, how would you be qualified to do brain surgery? Well, I stayed up all night and I watched a video at the Holiday Inn about how to do brain surgery, so I'm a brain surgeon. You'd say, he's a little nuts. He's a quack. (laughs) Well, because we, (laughs) the Holy Spirit has come, then he doesn't somehow take us out of our person and insert someone else. He do, you know, he doesn't make me a brain surgeon because I'm a Christian and he, he empowers me to be who I am with my abilities and that he will take who I am and develop who I am to become what he wants me to be. You know, whenever I was, um, when I was in high school and college and things, I, I often wondered how I'd ever be able to speak because I never liked to be in front of people. Um... Now you wonder if you 'll ever shut up, but I, you know, I, uh, I, you know I was one of those things it was It was a challenge it was a challenge for me to know how uh, if I could ever stand up in front of people and you know preach, but I just had this thought and I had this understanding when it 's time for me to do this i 'll be able to do it because this is what God has called me to do, so what god in, what God calls us to do, he enables us to do, and we find that. God knows what he wants you to become. God knows exactly where you need to be, what you need to be doing, who we need to be. And he will then provide us the opportunity to develop that person, to develop those skills, to develop that personality, to develop what is necessary to, to do this. You know, I've often thought my brother, my brother Jim, he should be the preacher. <laughs> I often thought he should be the one who's the minister because he's very good with people. He's very good at remembering names. He's very good at remembering things. And he's, ex- he's an excellent speaker. And I said, you know, God, why don't you do that? Why don't you get him to do this, you know? And um, he didn't. He, he called me to do it. And so his calling then becomes his, he enables us. He gives us the strength to fulfill who we are. And so as we take those steps, as we take that progression, the Holy Spirit is there leading and he is guiding. And he will sometimes call us to do things that in our natural we don't think we can but in the spiritual there's this voice inside of us that says you can do this you can you can you can make this happen i'm going to make this happen through you i'm going to have this fulfillment come in your life as you grow and develop and as you continue to grow well in titus chapter 3 in the message bible it has beginning at verse three. Um, It wasn't so long ago that we ourselves were stupid and stubborn. (laughs) That doesn't apply to us. Uh, Stupid and stubborn and duped in sin. Ordered every which way by our glands. Going around with a chip on our shoulder. Hated and hating back. But when God, our kind and loving Savior, God, stepped in. He saved us from all that. You see, the Holy Spirit looks at us and puts everything on the table. (laughs) That's my big metaphor, table. Everything goes on the table. Maybe it's because I like to eat so much. But everything goes on the table. All of the things that we understand, all the choices we have to make, all the decisions we have to do, it all goes out on the table. And we put it out there, and we move it around, and we discuss it, we talk about it, and things go this way, things go that way, and it's all out there and open for discussion. That way nothing's hidden in the back. And we put it all out on the table for a discussion. And whenever I um, counsel, whenever people are <laughs> in grief and sorrow and loss, okay, let's put this all out here. What do you think and what are you feeling? And, what, and then while we disagree, we'll throw all this stuff out on the table. And here it is, God does not hold anything back. He puts our entire person out there. All of our strengths, weaknesses, failures, successes, puts it all out there. And he, what does he tell us to do? Basically, he tells us to get rid of the sin, get rid of the hatred, get rid of hating, get rid of the chip on your shoulder, um, <laughs> bring your glands under control, <laughs> and all the things that you've been duped and sinned with, forgive allow it to go and put it out there. It was all his doing. God, it's saying, you know, Titus here, it was all his doing, meaning God's doing, to put it all out there, and we had nothing to do with it, meaning we had nothing to do with getting ourselves saved, and nothing to do with, in this case, case, he says, he gave us a good bath. (laughs) He gave us a good bath, meaning that he washed us, from all of those old sins and he washed us from all those old dupes being duped in sin and we came out a new person we came out new people when god saves us what happens is he changes us from the inside out he gives us a new perspective new eyes new expectation a new understanding of life god has cleansed us washed away all those old sins and all those old failures and all those old hurts and we had nothing to do with it. God did it on his own. Hmm. Gave us a good bath. He washed us inside and out by the... He washed us by the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit came, comes into our lives and washes us. He cleanses us from all of our old sins and all of our old ways. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. From every act of sin, he cleanses. He washes it away. He washes away the stain of sin. He washes away uh, the effects of sin. He washes away the attitude of sin. He washes it out, and he scrubs it out. Did you ever have a stain that wouldn't come out? Whenever we have a stain, guess who gets it out? (laughs) Simple green is a wonderful thing, okay? Now, simple green is a wonderful, wonderful, whatever it is, cleanser. There we go. I use it in the garage, and I use it on on the garage floor, and it does all kinds of stuff with getting grease. And, you know, in my brick pavers, you know, for my driveway, all you do is spray it on there. Well, don't you then scrub it and put water? Nope, just put it on. Just spray it on. It will dissolve the grease. When it rains, all goes away. It's a great little thing, the simple green. Well, what about the stain? You see, whenever we fall, whenever something goes wrong in our life, the Holy Spirit shows up and has a... <laughs> Not simple green, he has the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Christ is applied to our sin, applied to our stain, and it removes every stain of sin. It removes it all. And so we are washed. He gives us a good bath, and we come out of it a new people, washed inside and out by the Holy Spirit. Our Savior Jesus poured out new life so generously. God's gift has restored our relationship with him and given us back our lives. You see, what Christ has accomplished is to restore us. We, I like this analogy, we are not sinners trying to be a Christian. We are people of God who got off course in sin and now God has brought us back on course. We are a Christian struggling with sin. We are a well person who has a sickness that we are dealing with. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus and that old things pass away, all all things become new, meaning what God created us to be, this is who we are. And we have battles with sin. We have battles with choices. We have battles with things. But we're not a sinner trying to be good. We are a child of God learning how that God works in our life, and makes everything good. So whenever we look at our life, it isn't that we are a sinner. No, we are called by grace to bring us into the right relationship with God to establish us what we were supposed to be before we fell, before sin came into our life. So we're not just bad people trying to be good. We were good people who were stumbling around in our sin and our badness, and God then redeemed us. How can he buy us back? Redeem, redemption, means to purchase back. It was God, we were gods in the first place. We belong to God, and it is, it is the will of God that everyone go to heaven. It is the will of God that everybody go to heaven, but some people refuse to allow God back in their life. We were created in the image of God. We had the breath of God in our life, and so God wants us to be his child. But we are are somehow caught up in the failures of our sin, thinking this is who we are. This isn't who we are. Our sinful person is not who we are. We are a child of God. That's the person we were created to be. And God then provides the strength by the power of his Spirit to come into our lives, to cleanse us, to renew us, put the right, let his mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, what's he going to do? He's going to renew us. The same Spirit to raise Christ from the dead dwell in you, what's going to (laughs) happen? We're going to be raised from the dead. You see, God has given us everything that we need to live for him. Well, we get the concept that well i'm not good enough who gave you that idea it wasn't god you see god does not want us to make it on our own abilities because doing it in our own abilities we will never make it to what we should be but with god by the spirit can take those take those giftings that he has put inside of us and take them to a whole different level See, the giftings are already here. The giftings are already in your life. We're just learning to unlock them. You know, my ability to speak and to be a minister and to stand up here and do these things, God, that was in there, but I didn't know it and I didn't see it, but I, as God then developed and as God then blessed, and as God's Spirit worked in our lives, it brought those things out. It brought those giftings up in my life. And so as God brings those giftings, he brings them to a different level, a higher level. God's gift has restored our relationship with him and given us back our lives. Excuse me. This, you know, when sin takes over, when sin is evident in a person's life, the purpose of sin is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So what God, what evil wants to do in our life is take from us our divine purpose to keep us entangled in things that have no eternal value. Evil wants to destroy all that which is good. (laughs) Basically just steal everything out of our life that has any value. God wants to forgive us so that we can let go of the failures. God wants to restore us and he restores us by imparting his blessing and imparting his spirit into our lives that will teach us, that will encourage us, that will bring about the blessing of God to our life. See, if we, if we think about how the God is at work, God is at work taking this piece of clay and he is molding it on hip molding <laughs> it was well it was. I, I was in a patient's room the other day and uh, and they were they were dying okay and uh, the a, a person was there and and, she's, and the, the person said is this person molding yet and i said molding are they moldy yet? Moldy, moldy. Modeling, modeling. <laughs> modeling means that their blood flow is not there and, it's, and they're turning gray and they're you know, blue and purple. And, this. and, and I, I was like, molding. It's almost like molting. This, is this person molting yet? No, they're not molting. You know? <laughs> it's they're, they're, you know, so it's almost like they're molding. Well, in our lives, we're not dead yet. How many people are not dead? Raise your hand. All right, I'm glad. Bob? Bobby, did you raise your hand, Bobby? Yeah, thank you. All right, I was just checking. <laughs> yeah, just checking. Just want to make sure everybody's still alive. And so the life that God has given us is a life that is to change us, and we're not molding, you know? <laughs> we're not modeling, we're not molding, we're not molting. <laughs> Eagles. That's an interesting concept. Um, You can't tell how old an eagle is by looking at it. Did you know that? You cannot tell its age. Because when it reaches a certain age, and I didn't study all this recently, so I forgot most of it, but it will lose its feathers and grow new ones. And that's kind of like its transition from to renewing its strength. That it just totally grows new feathers. And it uses the difficulties, it uses the storms, it uses the currents that will normally drive other birds to the ground. It will use those things to rise above the storm. And in our lives, <laughs> is, there's a the story of a, an eagle in the chicken coop. Okay? An eagle in the chicken coop. Well, an eagle in a chicken coop is, it just doesn't feel like it belongs. <laughs> you ever feel like you don't belong? Maybe you're just, It's hard to soar with eagles when you're surrounded by chickens. <laughs> Turkeys, that's how it really is. But what happens is, in the story, the, the chickens are scraping around and pecking out a living, and the eagle dreams of soaring. The chickens don't blame, dream of soaring. The chickens don't ever dream of getting out of the out of the chicken coop. They just pecking around, <laughs> pecking around. The chickens have a pecking order. You know, you've heard that, right? That if you have a hundred chickens in a in a in a house in a yard, that there is a dominant one. And how can you tell the lowest one in the pecking order? Anybody know? It's not only the smallest, it hardly has any feathers. Because all the other chicken-ins, all the other chickens peck at it. You can always tell the, the lowest one in the in chicken coop. Because that's the chicken that has has, it is the scrawniest. It's the one that's pushed aside, and it's the one that has most of its feathers pulled out by the rest of them. It's the lowest chicken in the pecking order. Everybody picks at it. Eagles don't have a pecking order. (laughs) Eagles have have a dominant, you know, they have a, they can all fight for the same thing. It's like there's, there's, there's no domineering, you know, eagle. They're all eagles. And they don't live in pens. They're not made to live in pens. They're made to soar and to use the currents and use the currents of wind and rain and all the adversities and you see them in some of the mo- darkest and most uh, desolate places where <laughs> did you see the one on uh, What's it's on the internet yeah Yeah. And they had it where it was made I think it made the internet and the yeah, YouTube. YouTube where they were sitting there and the mother or one of the eagles the eagle rose up and pushed itself off. You know. Who's this? <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Oh, it's God. He wants to talk to you, Ken. <laughs> Uh, he'll be there with you in a minute, okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> but <laughs> God was just checking in on you, you know, to make sure you were here, <laughs> is Ken there? I said, yeah, he's here, God, you know, it's one of those things, but anyhow, but um, as we, as we go through, <laughs> as we go through our life, we're bound to come into obstacles, <laughs> and God allows those things to come into our life to ask us. To help us become focused on what he's about. So it's not by, the the King James Version has it, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. So we are who we are, not by our works. Our spiritual man is not developed by works. We have works, and we, everybody. We all have to go. We all have to go to work, and we all have to earn a living. All those types of things. But the spiritual man isn't developed by works. It is according to God's mercy. We enter into this relationship because grace has called our name. His mercy is extended towards us. That he he has mercy towards us, meaning he does not give to us what we deserve. What we deserve. our sins, our failures, what we deserve, we deserve punishment. But God doesn't, he's not in the punishment business. God is in the saving business. God is in the restoration. He is in the renewal. And so when God, his grace and his mercy come to our lives, it is according to his mercy he saves us through the washing of regenerating and renewing of the Holy Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit that comes in there and Convicts us of sin, and it is the Holy Spirit that enables us to know that God is with us. I, I, I the person, I used this story last week, but the the individual who was dying, and and I, and I was there with her, and uh, had my arm on her elbow, and she had her hand under her head. And and I said, well, you know, to go to heaven, Jesus, we have to ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins. And she said, Jesus, forgive me. And then she went, oh, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Her husband said that she was never the same after that till she died, that she died at peace. The connecting of our spiritual life is more than just a rhetoric of words that we say, of prayers that we speak or read. It is the heart that changes. It's the meeting of the Spirit, the meeting of the Spirit with life. And in that moment of time, this person met. It was like when those words were spoken... Jesus was there, and her life was changed. And in our life, it is the Holy Spirit that comes to us in our hour of need. If we're in need of, God, this is a problem that I'm facing, and if we are in need because of our thoughts, because of our surroundings, because of our physical need, We can cry out to God, and in that moment, we will see Jesus there. Some people have, in their life, they have been lost in their sins. And they cried out, Jesus, oh, here's the one. I'll close with this story. There was a young man in South Korea who was dying with tuberculosis. And he was in his bed, tremendous pain, And he was going through all of his gods that he knew, asking for help. And when he reached the end of his list of gods, and he was in so much pain, he cried out, he said, God, if there is another god up there, hear my prayer. Come to me. And within an hour, there was a young Christian girl walking the streets in South Korea, And she came up to the door. She knocked on the door and said, you probably won't understand this, but I just feel like there's something there that is. Do you have a need that I could pray about? And the mother said, yes, we do come in. She went back into the room and there she met this young man, led him to the Lord to know Christ as his savior. That young man is now. And I don't know if I have his name right, but it's Pastor Cho in South Korea, who has the largest church in the world. He became that person on his deathbed, not knowing in his mind he was going to die. In everybody else's mind, he was going to die. This young girl who, you know, we don't know who she is, she led him to Christ and prayed for him, and he began then to get well. He recovered gave his life to Christ, and now he is the pastoring the largest church in the world, preaches all over the world the message of Jesus Christ. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, leading us in those times, whether it's on our deathbed or whether it's just, God, I don't know what I'm going to do next. Should I go left or should I go right? You know? it, the, from the simplest to the most complex, the Holy Spirit is there to guide us to give us hope, and to give us direction. And it isn't out of works of righteousness that we're going to make it to get it done, and it isn't out of my abilities or my lack of abilities. God is at work in each of our lives, and he will change us each moment of the day. And we are eagles. We may sometimes feel like we're in a chicken coop, scraping around, but you know what? The The eagle in the chicken coop was always dreaming about traveling, flying high, and everybody else would say, you don't want to go high. What do you want to go up there for? That's way up there. You don't belong up there. You belong down here. Chickens will always try to get us to stay in the chicken coop (laughs) because that's their natural environment. But for the eagle, he saw himself being something different. And that's where the Christian, that's where we, the Holy Spirit, comes into our life. We see ourselves as something different. And we're not there yet. And we're not dead yet. So we are in the process of becoming. And whenever we die, we're done growing. But until then, we've got to keep growing. We've got to keep understanding. We've got to keep allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to use us as in talking to people and encouraging people, to to pray for people, to be, you can be the miracle that somebody else is looking for. This girl walking through, uh, in South Korea, walking through this village, didn't know she was going to be the miracle that would change a man's life, that would change the entire nation of South Korea. She's just a young girl, walking by a house and felt God wanted to, her to go and knock at the door. God did the rest. That's what we're about: knowing that we are different, knowing that we are have a higher calling, knowing that there's some, there's a plan for us, and that it's going to take effort, and it's going to take time, it's going to take dreams, it's going to need uh, inspiration. But the Holy Spirit is at work. Sometimes the Spirit says, "David, be still." Know that I am God. Sometimes God says, David, move your feet. (laughs) Sometimes God says, just pray for them and let my spirit touch their lives and bring peace to their heart. That's what it's all about. You becoming the miracle right where you're at. And that's the Holy Spirit working in your life. Amen? Let's stand, shall we? Father, we are grateful. 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 We're grateful that it's not by might. It's not by our strength or our power. It's not by our intellect, our talents. But it's by your Spirit, Lord. Lord. It's by your Holy Spirit that you change the world by changing us. You change the world around us by helping us see, helping us see things differently. God, we thank you. Nothing is too, too big for you. Nothing is too small for you. God, you are involved in the smallest detail. You are involved in the greatest of plans. God, help us to see your hand upon us. Help us to recognize your Holy Spirit at work in us. Help us, O Lord, to be at peace and that, God, you will direct our steps. We know, Lord, that you will direct the steps of your children. We are your children. Direct our steps. Let us be at peace. Let us allow ourselves to be at peace with you and that your Spirit is working in our lives and in every situation around us. We are grateful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. And we know, Lord, that you will direct us. Amen? Amen. Amen. We give praise to God. (laughs) And we give God praise. And as we give God praise, our focus is off of us and on him. Amen. (laughs)